0: for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode, and I'm joined by Lindsay. Throw your hands up in the ayurts, and I appreciate that she actually did that. It's great to see you again here in the Cultural Hall.
1: It's so good to see you, Richie. Thank you for having me, as always.
0: You realize that the last time you were here, uh, our country had an insurrection, so you have quite...
1: have a lot to catch up on. That
0: was the last time I was there. It was January yeah. 6th. Yeah, I'm I'm 90% sure that that was the last time that you came in and helped me do some news because during the recording, uh, you got a couple of text messages and you were like, ah, it's fine. It's whatever, right? It's just my work, but I'll call them when we get done. Uh, little <sighs> did we know what exactly uh, was going on. So
1: the world was on fire.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I'm 90% sure that that's what it was because I can't think of any other major news announcement, not massive anyway, um, that that we have missed. I mean, sure, sure, there's been, you know, a new president elected and earthquakes and, you know, hurricanes and stuff like that. But that's just run of the mill stuff, you know.
1: Right, right. Oh, that's interesting. I was trying to remember the last time I was here and it has been a while and I apologize for that. But, you know, sometimes life just happens and work and kids and well stuff listen like that.
0: I mean you you have decided to do kids in multiples so I sort of have that place in my heart where I go what is she crazy is she <laughs> a crazy person for doing it that way how, how well, many do you have 10
1: I'm, I only have two kids that's an anomaly in Utah I don't have them like back to back but it's it's uh plenty it's yeah. plenty for what I can handle
0: yeah 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 when I think about having kids I think two is the max I could do because guess yeah. what having one teenager, like I did, you, I mean, you're, you put on a chauffeur hat and then when they're not with you, you put on a worry hat the rest of the time. And yeah. I can't imagine doing that in multiples.
1: Yeah, I get that. Um, I think it's hard too. I'm still in the little kid stage when they're babies and they're that little, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. people always just say, Oh, wait till they're teenagers. But I'm list, I'm like, listen, toddler problems are my problems. So like <laughs> it's hard.
0: It's now, all hard. Now, give me an idea. Toddler problems. Like, what are we? What are we? Uh, what are we encountering? Because, uh...
1: well, uh, I've got a two, almost three-year-old little boy, and then I have a s- almost seven-year-old girl. So, my girl is out of toddler stages, but she's in first grade, and then my toddler is just a three-year-old boy who is rambunctious and just, he's, he cannot be told what to do. I, with him, I'm going to have to steer the ship, not tell the ship what to do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he has to think everything is his idea in order for him to do it from putting on shoes to getting in the car seat. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this takes so long because you have to do everything. And then he just screams bloody murder if things don't go his way. So it's just a lot of managing emotions and that gets really taxing
0: because mm-hmm. yeah, then you subsequently have to manage your emotions while managing someone's else's emotions
1: yeah and I know technically you can't manage someone else's emotions but when they're a toddler like you're just living in this constant state of trying to keep them from melting down and yeah. whatever that takes you will do
0: <laughs> so is the toddler more like you or more like your husband
1: uh probably I'm not going to comment on that Yeah. yeah <laughs> Cause I know <laughs> do? listen, it's frustrating. I don't fault anyone for losing their crap because it happens. I get it.
0: I, uh, I was at a wedding the other night with, and then there was a kid about that age, a young boy and man, just the physical activity of following around a two to three year old. I see the, the mom and the dad, both ends of the lodge running. Where have you seen our kid? He touched, he didn't touch anything. Did he didn't, if you know, and it's just like, just like leave emotion out of it. The amount of energy, if we could capture that in a bottle and sell that I'm telling you, there's enough 60, 70, 80 year old folks that would pay good money for the uh, amount of energy that that two to three year old has. Yeah, we
1: could make a lot of money off of that. I um, fully I it's just really hard it's a really hard stage and I keep thinking oh he's going to turn a corner here when he turns three and I don't know I don't know if it gets worse before it gets better we'll see
0: now how is it with uh give me an idea with the seven-year-old because first grade means you get the eight-hour reprieve with school how is that going
1: Oh yeah. School's fantastic. She loves school. And I can't decide if, if, you know, like I have two kids, one's a girl, one's a boy. So I don't know if there's gender things at play here, but my seven year old is like a soldier. She just follows along. She's so helpful. She is uh, kind. She just is a good kid. And part of me worries. It's a little bit of perfectionism that I've maybe created in her, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, but, you know, it's, it's really difficult because it feels like one is easy and one is hard. And so you try to like balance that, like, no, I don't love you more than your brother, but one of you is just easy and the other one's difficult. So um, she's just a really good kid. She loves school. She's in first grade. Her school started a half an hour earlier this year, so it's at 8 a.m. every single weekday morning, which is so early. That's so early. Even for, like, seven-year-olds, that's early. I have to wake her up every day. Um, But, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have her just in school all day and knowing she's safe and cared for and learning, and that's the best place she could be right now.
0: Uh, She'll pay you back, by the way,
1: Oh, Uh, yeah. 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 For
0: being the easy kid now. Yeah. Like like teenage girl drama is different than teenage guy drama. So so enjoy the easy years. Enjoy the you know, you're my favorite years, because as then the two year old becomes the nine year old and the nine year old becomes the 14 year old and she hates you and everything that you are, and everything that you stand for, and doesn't even love you, mom, you are an embarrassment to me, it'll be a different kind of difficulty that you'll be able to experience.
1: I'm sure they're going to flip roles because right now my three-year-old acts like he does not like me at all. He only lets dad do bedtime and read books. He asks for dad in every scenario. So I'm trying not to take that personally. But yeah, I think you're right. Once they become teenagers, maybe Oliver will be a little bit more like, cool mom whatever and mm-hmm. <laughs> lucy will be teenager teenage girl you don't understand mom <sighs> i can't tell you how many doors i slammed on my parents so i'm sure it's coming
0: sure and your parents are the best having I'm known not- and had the opportunity to meet both of them shame on you shame on you <laughs> forever doing that to either of them
1: Listen, Chuck and Sandy are great. They uh, may come out here in a few weeks. So we well, should get
0: together. I'm going to go see them in a couple of weeks. So how about that?
1: In Atlanta? What? Do oh, you that's
0: right. They moved. I'm, I'm heading to Maine in a couple of weeks.
1: Oh, yes. They moved out uh, to outside of Georgia. Actually, it's not even Atlanta anymore. They moved to a lake in Georgia. They're living oh. their best.
0: Oh, that's too bad. Too bad for them living their best life. Do you ever sit and muse about like what retirement's going to be like and be like, how do I get that to happen tomorrow seriously because
1: they are they're living on the 18th green of golf course they live in like this community with you know tennis courts and pickleball courts and everyone golfs and they just travel and just do whatever the moment allows yeah it's it's pretty sweet
0: yeah i work that's all i've done that that is when i look back at 2021 I will look back and be like, oh, yeah, you remember that year that you tried to make up for another year and you just kept working and then you just kept working and then like then you couldn't get out of the habit of working. And then because your capacity to work more felt increased that when you went back to like a normal level of working, it didn't feel right. So then you amped it up by doing more. That is the story of 2020 to 2021 for me.
1: Yeah, I I get that. And it does feel like you know, if you get, you know, just paid hourly, then there's not enough hours in the day for you to make enough money to retire on. So, right.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Anything else new with you, you in particular, Um, you are not identified by your children. You are not identified (laughs) by your husband. You are you, you are a separate being.
1: Oh, you know what I've been obsessed with lately is, uh, this is going to sound so lame, but lifting weights and tracking my macros oh so yeah on my mind lately yeah good for you yeah it's been fun I got into this like I don't know I just got hooked on um, so this is like count calorie counting on steroids where you count your macronutrients instead of just your calories right so all of your calories are made up from your macronutrients so your carbs your fats your proteins and you track those in what you're eating. And, um, I've loved it because it's really taken the, like, food is bad message away from, um, like that women get so often in our culture, right. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. don't eat anything skinny. You must be like eat salads only. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's really shifted my mindset on to like, no, food is what fuels your body And you can eat whatever you want, just stay within these numbers. Now, obviously, there's going to be foods that are more advantageous for meeting those numbers. And there are foods that have better micronutrients, which are quote unquote healthier for you. But no food is bad and no food is off limits. So I've loved that shift and just like, I don't feel guilty eating anymore, right? For so long, I think, yeah, like women get the message that just like eating food is bad and eating is what fuels your body. And so just kind of knowing how to eat and what I'm eating has been a really cool shift.
0: What what brought that on? Did hubby say something? Did you see something yeah. on the internet? Like, wh- where does it go from like food is horrible to, you know, actually, I have 19 more grams of protein that I need to get in for the day. And there's, yeah, yeah. I've, more turned into
1: a, I've turned into like a meathead, honestly. It's really, if my husband is so annoyed by it because I'm always like, dude, can we find a gym? Or like, where's the protein? Do you have any protein? <laughs> Um, you know, I I have to be real and I have to be honest that it was spurred by a desire to lose some pounds. I wanted to, to lose some weight. And so, um, I followed a life coach who was talking about how she counted macros. And so I was just like, well, maybe I'll look into this a little bit. And so I just started like following all these people, all these coaches, every time a coach would recommend another coach, I'd go follow that coach. And I just sort of stumbled into this world of fitness and macro counting. And all the messaging was lift weights and hit your macros. And I was just like, well, I love that. Cause I hate cardio and I love eating. So <laughs> yeah, sign me up. That sounds great. And, uh, they also talk about sort of the, uh, like they call it nutrition periodization, right? So, uh, in its simplest form calories in and calories out is how you lose weight. Right. So right, right figure out your maintenance calories. When you're eating below that, you're in a deficit, a quote unquote diet. When you're eating above that, you're in a surplus. And it's really at its basic level, that simple. And so learning to figure out what my maintenance calories are, and then going through periods of a deficit, you know, eight to 12 weeks of a deficit, and then back to maintenance calories, again, has perpetuated that shift of I don't have to be in a diet for the rest of my life. Like I don't have to worry if I'm eating too much. I know exactly when I'm in a deficit and my deficits are planned and controlled, and there's an exit strategy of when this deficit is over so I can kind of suffer through it a little bit, knowing that there's an end point. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then in order to build the muscle that I want to build, I have to eat in a calorie surplus and fuel those muscles. So, Again, it's really shifted the mindset to, this is a planned and controlled diet that I am on. And then I will be back eating in maintenance and I will exist in maintenance for the majority of my life, knowing that I can eat there and not gain any weight. How do you feel? I feel good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I've I'm i done one cycle of a cut and I'm in a second one right now. Um, I'm down like 15 pounds, but trying Congratulations. to- Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. But I'm trying to just uh, do the second one. Then we'll go back up to maintenance. Like it's really helped me just zoom out a lot. So
0: does it it help you? Like in the time that I was really actually watching what I eat and do all that. Sure. There was the benefits of like, oh man, I, I actually uh, feel better and you know, I'm leaner and all those things, but d- does it help you feel more in control? Because it was far more of a mental thing for me, like forget the physical part of it, but it it was right after I got divorced and kind of was going through the divorce that I was like, well, there's very little I can control right now, but this feels like a thing that I can control. Is there any part of it that, that, that is that for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that... Um you know, it just helps me know exactly what I'm eating. And so there's a little bit of a learning curve to it where you're like, okay, I'm tracking everything that goes into my mouth. And like, are you telling me I've got to like weigh out my sauce? Like that is just, it feels really cumbersome at the beginning. So I can see why people sort of like fall off it before they even get a chance to see if it's working because it does take a little bit of an adjustment that way But once you get the hang of sort of like weighing and measuring your food, you're just kind of like, oh, well, this isn't so bad. And I don't know, for me, maybe it's just my obsessive brain. I just I look at my fitness pal and I can see what I eat. I don't have the mental capacity to track it in my brain. So like Mm -hmm. putting it all on paper it's just so easy for me. And then when I want something like a piece of chocolate cake, I look it up in my fitness pal and I'm like, oh, that fits in my macros. Sounds good. I'll have it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, I'm like, well, let me see if I can rearrange some things throughout my day because I really want it. And so it, it gives me that food freedom. It gives me that like, well, I, I can have this chocolate cake. I just got to see if it, you know, it's like a Tetris. It's like a puzzle that I just try to work. And so I don't feel deprived. I don't feel like I'm just eating. You know, celery and salad all day.
0: <laughs> this episode of the Cultural Hall brought to you by My Fitness Pal, a new <laughs> opportunity to stu- study and learn your macros. Join us, and won't you?
1: Celery and salad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, And I've been there before, too, with my wife being a dietitian. We've talked about a lot of this stuff. And she she just yells most of the time whenever someone is telling. We had someone in our ward who was like, I'm on this new diet. And she's like, great. Would love to hear it. Please, please Uh tell me. Please tell me what it is. And I'm not kidding you. This is what this individual said. I'm doing intermittent fasting, which is great. So before anyone is like, I can't believe that he's going to poo-poo intermittent fasting, but this is what he did. He's like, so I said, so how long are you fasting for? Because I actually, if I can really observe like a a 16-hour fast every day, and I just kind of eat in that eight-hour period, even if I'm just eating like pizza and going to the gas station and whatever the things are, if I give my body that 16-hour rest, like I just feel better in that no food adjustment at all and he says well what i do is i uh i eat dinner on friday or on monday night and i'm like okay all right and he's like and then i don't eat again until friday night for dinner and then i eat monday night dinner again and so i'm like okay so so i just want to i just want to ask something so you eat two meals a week. And that's your intermittent fasting. And he's like, yeah. And it's really great because in those meals, I'm able to eat whatever I want. And sure. Tuesday can be kind of hard, but you know what? We're really getting used to it. And, uh, we're really starting to drop the weight that we've been wanting to. And I'm, and I just am like,
1: uh, yeah, two (laughs) meals a week is crazy (laughs)
0: because you're eating two meals. And, And my wife, because she's met people like this a lot, Like everyone and everyone always wants to talk to you about, it's like the doctor, everyone wants to go, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling this. Do do you know anything about this? Even if it's, even if like an ear doctor, everyone will go up and ask the doctor, this or a lawyer or, or, you know, anything financial. I know, I'm sure your husband has the same thing. Oh yeah.
1: So I'm thinking about. Yeah. They always ask him tax questions and he's not a tax CPA. Yeah. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Same exact thing. So, so she hears it a ton and, and she has to, and because it's part of her nature as well, she'll always be like, oh yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like that's supporting your body? How do you feel? And then she, you know, the people will leave and she'll be like, that person will die. That person is starving themselves and will die. And there's nothing that I can do to tell them otherwise. So, okay. All right. I'm
1: I'm sure what she's saying in her head is like, yep. Uh, that's great that this plan worked for you, but ultimately, what you're doing is you're in a calorie deficit. Right. You're eating less calories than your body puts out, and right. that is why you're losing weight. So, yes, all diets can work keto and intermittent fasting and whatever else. But at the end of the day, it's because those diets put you in a calorie deficit as to why you're losing weight. So, how you go about that, does, I mean, there. are it may be a function of adherence. Like, like you said, for you, when you do some fasting, it helps you feel better, right. Or it helps you stick to better eating habits or whatever. So it has adherence benefits, but it doesn't inherently make you lose weight better or faster or differently. It's just that you're eating less calories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is why we brought Lindsay in. Uh, Since last time we talked all about the insurrection, I thought, you know what, let's bring Lindsay in. Let's find out uh, how her, 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 Uh, and I don't even want to call it dieting. I just want to say how her new approach to uh, macros and also the lifting side of it. And I have so many questions about the lifting side of it, but we don't have time, Lindsay, so you're going to have to come back another time and do that. Uh, I want to take a break real quick. We are going to do some articles of news uh, within the time that we've got, but also uh, Lindsay is here because she has a Brother Kyle update, and so I'm excited to uh, hear from her about that. We'll come back and do that in the second half of articles of news. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit Lennondesign.com. A lot of people think uh, of great ideas for podcasts, but fewer actually execute on those ideas. Have you had something that you've been lolling over? over? That's been in the back of your mind is what I mean to say, that you've been thinking about for a while and you're like, yeah, you know what, I might really want to do that as a podcast. Well... As it turns out, uh, in addition to doing this here show, I also do podcast consulting and teach a class that will help you take you from your idea to publishing. So if you want to reach out, there's all the ways to reach out to us at The Cultural Hall. You can send us a message or contact at theculturalhall.com. I would love to be able to speak to you about how we can make a, your idea for a podcast a reality. Again, contact at theculturalhall.com or you can find uh, The Cultural Hall on any social media at The Cultural Hall.
2: Hey, this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Are you experiencing panic attacks, nausea, or diarrhea? Is your computer not turning on? Is it running super slow? Is your internet crawling? Or is it just randomly crashing? You could be suffering from ICS, irritable computer syndrome. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you had your PC cleaned? Over time, Windows, updates, spyware, malware, and dangerous viruses will make your computer run like crap. You need to bring in your laptop or desktop PC, no matter what brand it is, and let me run a 100% free virus scan, malware, and spyware scan on your computer. Don't wait and risk losing everything. Now, why are we doing this for free? Because we want to impress you so much that if you or any of your friends or family need a computer, service, or phone repair, you come to PC Laptops first. Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you.
0: Here we are in the second half of Articles of News, wherein we will likely get into some Articles of News. Uh, but first, hold on, Peter. Don't go, don't go singing your Articles of News song. I need to know uh, how everything went uh, with Brother Kyle. For people who don't know, uh, Brother Kyle uh, is a former panelist here of the Cultural Hall. Uh, earlier this year, diagnosed with bull bar ALS. Um, go back and listen to his final episode. If you are feeling a little overhydrated, you need to get some <laughs> tears out. You want to see if you have any emotions as a human being, listen to that episode. Uh, if you don't cry, you are dead inside. In fact, that's a diagnosable thing. Um, but he yeah. also, earlier this year, in addition to being diagnosed with uh, Bulbar ALS, qualified for the World Ironman competition. And I'll let you pick it up from there, Lindsay.
1: Yeah, well, listen, and Richie, I got to give the Cultural Hall a shout out because I used all of the audio for that episode in a piece I did for KSL News Radio, and I have heard from at least two grown men who I made cry with that radio piece, so thank you to Brother Kyle and to the Cultural Hall for having him on, because I did do my own interview with Kyle, but the one on the Cultural Hall was just so powerful in the way he shared what he was going through. Um, so, yeah, um, I pitched this story to, you know, I work for uh, KSL News Radio.
0: The Lord's we, Radio Station, if we can Lord be. The Lord's
1: Radio yeah. Station, yes. And we do a series on the radio called Heart of Utah. And it's basically just that uh, people exemplifying what it means to have the heart of Utah, right? Inspirational stories and uplifting stories and um so i brought Kyle's story to them saying hey i know this elite cyclist who is just diagnosed with aggressive als he's been given like 18 months to live and he's qualified for this ironman he's he's still vowing to do this and they were like cool yeah let's do it that sounds like a great story so um i did a radio piece about him back in like mid august this was after he got the official diagnosis confirmed and then as he was training for the iron man so that was like part one of the radio story we introduced kyle and how he got the sort of misdiagnosis and then how he's still vowing to compete and just how he's feeling about you know having a time clock so to speak i mean mm-hmm. we all do but he knows his yeah. right he'll often yeah. say so um that was in mid-august and then uh Uh, I also in that time pitched the story to our TV station because, you know, we have KSL TV too in the same building and the
0: Lord's TV station,
1: the Lord's TV station. Yes. So what people probably don't realize is that radio and TV are owned, but we have different owners, although we are under the same brand and have the same, um, we share a newsroom, like we share resources, but
0: yeah. And it's like a literal newsroom that's shared, not like a figurative and, and are all in the same building as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, but what you see on TV doesn't always get put on radio and vice versa. Like we work very independently on stories, which I would like to change a little bit. Cause I think we could pool our resources a little more, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nonetheless. Um, so I pitched the story to TV to say, Hey, I have this story. And really that came about because, um, I went to Kyle's wedding to shoot some video there um you know just one wanted to be there to support him and then two wanted to have some video and some more audio and I was I wanted to interview him after the wedding and I just thought that was a good place to do that where he was already um you know in that in that space so and I didn't have to set up another interview with him and take his time and stuff like that so um, I tried to get TV to send me a photographer to go up to the wedding with me, but they didn't have one available. So I just went up and shot the wedding myself. And that was a powerful moment in and of itself being at okay. Kyle and Colleen's wedding. Um, and then, um, after that TV signed on to have us cover the, the story of him com- competing in the Ironman. Man. And originally, I didn't have plans to go down to St. George. I just thought, oh, once he's done, I can cover it. But I am beyond grateful that I pitched to go to St. George to be there for this Ironman because I could not convey this story without witnessing it with my own eyes. And um, so last weekend, Kyle competed in the Ironman 70.3 World Championships in St. George. There were 3,500 athletes there, 82 countries represented And if you're not in the triathlete world, you don't really realize how big of a deal this race is to these athletes. You Mm -hmm. know, an Ironman, like Kyle has mentioned, you don't just go out and do, you have to qualify for it. And um, these are some of the the most professional athletes out there and well-trained athletes out there. And, And they have professionals and then they have age groups that compete. So Kyle was in an age group. And as he took off on the swim, Uh, first of all, he was, um, he was really emotional at the start of the, um, the start of the race. Like we caught him, we caught up with him as he was just waiting with his age group. And they sort of put him in a special category of athletes who may need some extra assistance. Mm -hmm. So, um, he was with that group and, Uh, He was really emotional. Like he started crying right then and there and just really um, you could tell things were weighing on him. I think he was, we, we caught up with him just before the race. I think he was nervous going into it because the swim is the hardest part for him. And then I, I imagine just the emotions of the day, not knowing if this is his last race, not knowing if he can physically do this, but everyone, you know, the pressure of everyone there for him and wanting to see him do this, a news station following him, you know? So I imagine it was just, overwhelming for
0: him well and not Uh, to and not to mention although I don't know why the phrase is not to mention because making sure to mention also the number that he wore was the number of another individual who had had ALS who had competed in the Ironman who he was able to coordinate with the family uh, and they said yes we would love it we would be honored if you would wear his number as part of your competition in this
1: yeah. And that athlete's name is John blaze. And so if you're in the triathlete world, you know who the blaze man is. And, uh, when doctor, uh, he's the only other man with ALS to compete a full iron man, um, and when doctors were telling him like, you're going to have to roll across the finish line, like you're not going to be able to do this. And he said, okay, watch me. And so he literally log rolled across the finish line and now triathletes call that the blaze man roll, and they do it <laughs> to honor John and to raise awareness for ALS. So it's something that these athletes know about and the commentators knew about and iron man knew about. And so, um, So yeah, early on in the swim, Kyle struggled. In fact, I talked to, um, Janae, Janae McKnight was there too. And I was in touch with her just over the phone. We were trying to coordinate. I saw her a few times down there. Um, and she was with Colleen during the swim and said Colleen was really nervous during the swim and come to find out Kyle is actually throwing up in the water Mm. and, and then also same on the bike and it was affecting his stomach he said he felt sick the whole time so you just uh, think about how physically taxing the race is in and of itself but then you add that element to it um and it's just a miracle that he finished this thing so then he takes off on 56 miles through the grueling hilly red rocks of saint george it's a line (laughs) i put in my piece um and uh he i think the bike for him is his sweet spot right yeah it's his uh, home yeah that's his home so i think he probably felt more comfortable on the bike um than the other two elements um but then we went back and waited at the like transition area for him to switch from the bike to the run and it was kind of the centralized location um And he transitioned from the bike to the run just fine. And there was a cool like roundabout area where they had a media staging area. So we just propped up on there and just waited like hours. Hmm. Keep in mind, this race took him five and a half hours. So he's physically competing this entire time. And we're just standing there waiting for him to run by for his three seconds. So we can see him. And at the end of the day, my legs were so tired. And I was just like, I didn't even do anything but stand and walk all day. And I'm exhausted. (laughs) So anyways, um, all of that to get us to the finish line, which you guys, I can't even put into words how powerful and impactful this finish line moment was. Uh, Me and my photographer from TV are waiting at the finish line. Meanwhile, we're hustling to get Colleen and his family, his parents, Kyle's parents in the uh, finish line area. And they make it with like a minute before he gets there. And as Kyle comes to the finish line, he gets down on all fours. He log rolls across that finish line and just the, the, and then he walks like through the finish line and collapses and just cries. He just sobs and everyone around us is crying. Me. I, I have my cell phone out and I'm videoing it. And you can just hear me in the background. Just sobbing. <laughs> like, I'm like, Kyle. So it makes for great Nat sound on the radio, but like it was the most powerful moment. In fact, I literally have to convey this on the radio and I'm struggling to be able to convey the emotion of it because unless you could see it, it's hard to convey what this moment was like. Just the culmination of this five and a half hour race, the realization that you're dying from ALS and like You have all these fans who are here supporting you and people along the way, the athletes, the uh, commentators, people started hearing about his story and started Mm -hmm. highlighting him throughout the race. So the announcer guy at the finish line, like he's calling out every guy's name as they come through the race. Right. Mm -hmm. But he stops on Kyle. He shares his whole story. He gets up from the booth, comes and interviews Kyle after Kyle is collapsed and crying on the ground, just saying, this has to be the most incredible experience for you. And meanwhile, guys are finishing, not getting their name recognized Mm -hmm. as they finish. But this moment at the finish line, I will never forget. And seeing his son come up and just weep as they hugged and his parents and Colleen and uh, just all the support he had there from people who just just, love him and are so proud of him and are so inspired by him. This was just a moment I'll never forget.
0: It's such an interesting thing um, t- to sort of observe in in a couple of ways. One, in that you indicated, you know, you yourself, Janae Manite, um, several other people uh, sort of went and supported. And to know, to know that the reason why you guys know each other, now the relationship is far beyond the initial introduction, but to know that this sort of connection is all because of, you know the show that we do here. It, it's it's kind of cool, and and then to know where when I first met Kyle, to know that he's just sort of this sarcastic, punk. You know nothing nothing phases me. Nothing hurts me. I'm fine. Whatever. You know I don't believe in miracles, kind of guy. And to see how he has impacted so many people by the experiences that he is going through and by his response to those experiences. It's been, it's been pretty awesome just to be able to, to view it from that perspective as well.
1: Well, yeah. And you know, that's something I'm trying to convey in these radio and TV pieces that I'm doing because throughout all of this, Kyle has kept that positivity. And if you know, Kyle, you know, that sense of humor, right? That dry, sometimes dark, sometimes inappropriate sense of humor, but you love it. Because even in the face of death, he is staying true to who he is. And that's really, I think, where the inspiration is coming for people. You know, Kyle kind of adopted this new new motto. He says, uh, when you're faced with tragedy, you can come alive or you can come undone. And we're seeing Kyle come alive in, in trying to live with what time he has left and complete this Iron Man. And then, um, you know, I think people are just really inspired by his positivity, you know, he often jokes like, I'm going to finish this race that kills me and it might, but you know, <laughs> I'm dying anyway. So yeah. <laughs> like, th- this is the type of sense of humor that he keeps even in the face of
3: death. Yeah. Uh,
0: amazing. And I know that I'm, uh, I'm going to share, uh, the original radio piece that you, that's already aired. We'll make sure that I share this as part of this episode. Uh, and then people that are listening to this, that live, in, uh, in, in and around the Salt Lake area. though we will share the links to it on our um, Facebook page and other media outlets. They're able to see this on, what, Monday the 27th? Is that when people yeah, can see
1: Monday it? The tw- Monday the 27th, starting at 5.45 a.m., the piece will air on radio. It'll play again at 7.45, probably at 12.45 in the afternoon, and then again in the p.m. drive at 3.45 and 5.45. So multiple times on radio, but then the TV piece is just going to air once in the 10 p.m. newscast on KSL 5 TV.
0: That's a big deal. Good for you.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. My first ever TV piece, I have little TV experience just from college, right? And mm-hmm. Aggie TV station, which was, I don't even know how many years ago, but it's four. not real. News. It
0: was four years ago. Like <laughs> yeah. Four, four or not five. News,
1: but it's not KSL. And so I was very intimidated by uh, doing a TV piece. But it wasn't about me. It's about Kyle's story. And you don't even see me in the piece, which is great. You hear my voice, which is fine. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be awesome.
0: If if Kyle were here, he would say, I'm sure that it's a pleasure for me to be able to die so that we can (laughs) all. (laughs)
3: I know.
1: I've had that thought several times. I'm like, listen, Kyle would be doing this anyways, if he wasn't diagnosed with this. And now it only becomes a story because of his condition. And I, I feel guilty about that, but that's kind of just the nature of things. But I, I do appreciate that Kyle is willing to share his story with us and he's been so open and, and just accommodating to us and letting us, share his story. I think ultimately he wants raise awareness for the disease too, which he can only do by sharing his story. So I just really am grateful to him for that.
0: Yeah. If you follow uh, the cultural hall on any of the social medias on occasion, we will share one of those things that Kyle is, Uh, is doing. There's some legislation that needs to change around some drugs as far as ALS availability, um, some other things that people can do to help. Also, I believe if you go to our bio on Instagram, uh, there's still a link for how you can be able to um, financially support Kyle. I know there's a GoFundMe going around because, um, spoiler, if you don't know about ALS, what happens is you feel fine until you really don't. And then within a short amount of time, especially with the kind of uh, ALS that Kyle has, he'll be wheelchair bound likely and needing, you know, a car that can be able to transport someone in a wheelchair, among many other things. Uh, at, At one point, I know for my friend who her husband went through ALS. You know, they have the computer, almost like Stephen Hawking, that you're able to, to. That's the only way you're able to communicate. And all those things cost a lot of money. I know that the the lifers and converts of the cultural hall have asked about being able to uh, be a support. So we'll make sure that that link is available uh, with this episode. Let me ask you this: uh, Is there anything, as far as uh, you and your life, that you do different because of this kind of interaction that you've had with Kyle, or even just look at things different because of it?
1: Yeah. You know, I often struggle. I think for me, if it, it feels too overwhelming to think about what Kyle's going through. So I sort of like, keep it at an arm's length and just, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think that's why I got so emotional at the finish line. In fact, I was crying all day at the race. Cause it just was hitting me that just thinking about how, if you were faced with knowing your life was ending, how would you live? Right, there's really that element in this story of um, if you knew your time was up, you knew it was coming to an end. Would you live differently than you're living now? And that's an overwhelming thought for me. And so I sort of try not to think about that Mm -hmm, (laughs) because mm -hmm. it just it just overwhelms me. And um, so I I do feel guilty at times that it's not like I've changed anything, but he's often in my mind in that regard. Right, just thinking about how you know you can live to the fullest. And, and are you living to the fullest? And just sort of like, even if you're going through the mundane, like picking up the kids, like, are you appreciating that while you're doing it? I think that's what Kyle's story has taught me. And just like, even in like your, your schedule of your life is going to take over, right? Your kids, your work, your all the things, but like, are you doing it with conscious intention? Mm-hmm. Um, if you knew your time was up, would this be how you would you know, granted, if I knew my time was up, I'd probably like quit my job and just go live on a beach somewhere. But <laughs> I don't know that that's practical yeah. for for life. But it really does beg that question. Like, could I just go do that right now? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that's probably what I would do. But Kyle's amazing to just really, he does have that philosophy of he he wants to live. He wants to live his life. And that that was his message at the end of the race. He said to me, just go out and live, do something crazy, even if it sounds stupid. And he probably would tell me to go live on a beach right now because, yeah. um, because that's what he'd want me to do. Even if it sounds crazy and not realistic, like do it, live it. Um, cause he said to me at the end of the race that he can die happy. He said hmm. he can die happy because especially with the support behind him, he hasn't missed out on a thing. And that's yeah. a really powerful attitude to have in the face of this.
0: Yeah, the fearlessness, I think, is one part of it. But then it's also interesting. So there was a a, a kind of a big friend family get together a couple of weeks ago um, that I had the opportunity to be at. And, you know, he and I are making horrible jokes to each other the entire night because that's how we connect and say, hey, man, I love you, is by who can make the darkest joke that is the most inappropriate that you can tell. We would
1: expect nothing less.
0: The fewer amount of people you can tell the joke because they would just think it's too much, the better. Like, that's how he and I operate. Yeah. And, and, and it was interesting because I asked him almost the same thing verbatim, right? Like, man, quit your job. Go see the places that you want to be seeing and go do the things that you want to do while you can do them. And it was interesting. He's not doing that. He's not doing that. And I said, well, what are you doing? And he said, you know, and he looks at, um, he looks at his kid. He looks at his wife and now I I guess they're technically his stepkids, although as long as I've known him to be with uh, Colleen's kids, they're his kids. Right. He's like, this is my family. And he's like, that's who I want to spend time with. They're competing in like mountain bike competitions. They're, you know, setting up these like establishment things for being a family. And he's moving into her house and, you know, all of these different things. And he's like, this is the absolute Place I want to be this is where the joy is that I'm finding all of those other things it would be fun it would be cool man I'd like to you know quit my job and go whatever and all that stuff but he's like these are the people that I want to be with and until I can't be with them anymore you know I'll be with them as much as I possibly can and that and that really struck me because I was like well yeah sure Just like you, I dream about like I would go on a 180 day tour around the world if I knew the time that was left, but probably really like I'd find those people that mean the most to me and then just treasure the time that I have left and and be able to uh, to enjoy every ounce of that.
1: Yeah. And those places don't mean anything unless those people are with you. Right. Right. Like just going and sitting on a beach by myself, like I might enjoy it for a day or two, but then I'd be like, Oh, I miss my kids and oh, yeah. I want my home here. Like, so I would only go if those people could come with me.
0: <laughs> and and then we got through that discussion and then we made a joke that, you know, that, that he better get to, uh, to doing whatever he wants to, because he's only got a few days, you know, like we make this awful <laughs> you know, look at the calendar, which month, like we started talking about, like, what, when do you think it might be? And then we're like, okay, we're horrible people. Let's just, let's just end that whole thing there. But that's how
1: you guys cope. And, you know, Kyle has, he's kept that sense of humor throughout this entire thing. And um, I conveyed that a little bit in the first radio story, but yeah, for people who don't understand it for Kyle, it can be offensive, but not to us, to us. It's just Kyle.
0: Yep. It is just him. (laughs) Well, I don't feel like doing news anymore, so let's not do it. This is a Kyle update episode. We'll do news some other time. Uh, I'm glad to see you back. As far as I can tell, both from my phone and from the world around me, uh, we haven't had a mass run on our nation's capital, so we should be good. Um, I, I say that now, but who knows between now and when this publishes, what will happen? And people may be like, wait, they did that and then this horrible
1: thing happened. People are going to storm Vivint Arena now because they're requiring vaccines for going to jazz that. games.
0: I saw that. The Utah Jazz. Brother Smith, uh, owner of the Utah Jazz, mandating either vaccinations uh, or, you know, a, a, a no COVID negative, COVID a negative test. That was the word I was looking for. A negative COVID test. But then the last, what, 24, 48? Is that what it is?
1: Something like that. Yeah. That Yeah. That news just came out yesterday. So, can,
0: yeah. Can I, can I tell you something very, very funny? Please. I, I hope that she won't get mad. So my wife is immunocompromised uh, and so she had been hesitant to get the vaccination, which all right, everybody, like if we can give a group of people a break about being hesitant about getting, uh, you know, a vaccination, let's let's have it be these people because she's got um she's got some stuff going on, uh, some things that they don't know what causes it. And so introducing anything into that particular personal ecosystem she was like "Ah, I don't don't know but we were having the conversation a couple weeks ago and she's like you know what I'm gonna go get vaccinated and this it literally was almost like you know we're sitting at dinner and we're talking about you know what we want to do for vacation or whatever and then it was just like out of nowhere I'm gonna get vaccinated so I made the appointment and we were able to go almost immediately to go get vaccinated and and all that and I'm like why why did you get vaccinated there are you worried about and she's like yeah you know on some level i'm worried about getting sick we had it before and it was miserable cripplingly miserable so i think that that was some component of it but but then she circles around too but you know what really why i'm doing it it just seems like it's going to be a pain if i don't do it like if i (laughs) want to do anything that we're going to have to like buy into a pharmaceutical company so we can have rapid tests whenever we need them to go anywhere and I'll just do it and I don't know if that's the right way or or if that's the wrong way uh, maybe that's my my freedoms and you know all of those things taken away but but I was just like yeah yeah I mean it's starting to get to where like I had to register my vaccination status with one of my employers and all these other things and I don't yeah, want it. And I don't want it again. It was miserable. It was yeah. miserable to experience.
1: Yeah, I feel like COVID has brought up just this, these eternal debates, right? It's just highlighted this question of freedoms versus, you know, the greater good versus, uh, you know, public health, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and all of these things are coming to light and it just feels like the sides are like digging in their heels harder. It's, it's like, get your vaccination. There's nothing wrong with it. Or it's, no, I have freedom. I can choose what I put in my body. So yeah, I get it. Um, And one, maybe let's do this one news story from um, church news this week. I reported on how uh, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will not be signing any vaccine exemption status forms. Uh, If you cite a religious belief as to why you don't want to get the vaccine, the church says they will not be signing them.
0: Yeah, I thought that was particularly interesting, uh, not unsurprising because they, they have told us all along to get it. But then but then what do you do? Like if you are if you are trying to get out of it, uh, you just go what a different avenue at that point or you join a different do- religion or is there like an online religion where we can similar to getting certified so we can marry folks, we can get certified a member of that faith and then have the religious exemption for it. I don't know.
1: I don't know, because it's not just the church that's doing it. There are several other major faiths who have said we're not going to sign this religious exemption form. So I don't know, if, you know, if your employer requires you to get a vaccine, but you're like, no, I've had the spirit confirmed to me that I should not be getting this vaccine. Right. If that is the case, then I don't I don't know the, the avenue you go. Clearly, you I, I think it just signals the it signals their confidence in the vaccines and right. it signals their their desire for everyone to get vaccinated so
0: well because they're big pharma lindsay well clearly because they have investments in big pharma Mm -hmm. because you know they don't want us to be able to have these it, it really like i i don't agree with the argument at all but like i hear the argument and i'm like okay like this is in fact an argument against this
1: you're saying you don't agree with their not signing the religious forms? Or-
0: well, no, no. What I'm saying is, is like individuals that don't want to get vaccinated, like I, I, I sort of think that that's silly w- with the caveat of like there are particular circumstances where I'm like, OK, yeah, y- y- you probably should not. Right. But right. you know, just j- just just like uh, in times of like abortion. Right. Like uh, I am pretty solidly against abortion. But also, I think that there are times when that might be appropriate, you know, the health of the mother, rape, incest, some of those things. Um, so when I talk to people about uh, about vaccinations and they share, oh, yeah, you know what? I have this thought that, you know, that these people are this. And I go, OK, yeah, maybe. But also, you do not want to get this terrible disease. Like there's a lot wow. around the the thing that I'm like, OK, may, let's say maybe the church does have some sort of particular interest in wanting to do this for financial reasons, right? I don't think they do, but let's just give them that benefit of the doubt. You do not want to get COVID. You could kill either yourself or someone around you. So maybe that's the case, but can you, can you see it from a greater perspective, from another perspective that yes, maybe that is a thing. And, oh man, I wish that they would not be a part of that, whatever that conspiracy is, but also how are you going to afford not working for two weeks and the guilt on your conscience? If, if you pass COVID along to someone in your family who also is vaccinated and they die.
1: Yeah. And it's just really, it's really hard that COVID has put us in this situation, you know, and it's just like, like I said before, it feels like the camps are just digging in their heels harder, right? We're not like, like you mentioned your wife who, who didn't get vaccinated for a while. Cause she's got a thing and like, I don't know her thing. Like, I don't want her to be forced to get the vaccine. if She has a thing, but at the same time, I want everyone to get vaccinated cause I want to go back to normal life. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. S-
0: Spoiler. It's not ever going back. Yeah. It will, yeah. It will never be how it was
1: but we can live more normally with everyone vaccinated. And if we, if we ramped up the testing scenario, like you mentioned, just like walking around with COVID tests in your pocket, like if if we can do that, we can live a virtually normal life just with its existence.
0: That's not a life I want to lead. That's not a life I want to lead. And then really people feel that, I don't know, it's, it's another one of these things. That's just so divisive that to me, I'm just like, all right, well, if we can get, If we can get the majority of people. Listen, Brother Kyle got vaccinated. Be like Brother Kyle.
1: Let's just end this episode on a happy and um, uh, more uplifting moment to be inspired by Brother Kyle and Brother Kyle's uh, fight to live his best life in the face of death.
0: I'll take that. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body.
1: And that when the time comes, you will travel home in safety.
0: And if you weren't healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. In the meantime, Debbie Wanless, Rick McGee, Brother Brent and Chocolate Cakes Bites podcast will be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of of the Cultural 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 Hall. Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row.
3: We really got to go on the Cultural Hall show.